Isaiah 9, verse 8 through 10, verse 19. These are God's words. The Lord sent a word against Jacob, and it has fallen on Israel. All the people will know, Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, who say in pride and arrogance of heart, The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore Yahweh shall set up the adversaries of Rezin against him, and spur his enemies on. The Syrians before, and the Philistines behind. And they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them, nor do they seek Yahweh of hosts. Therefore Yahweh will cut off head and tail from Israel, palm branch and bulrush in one day. The elder and the honorable is the head. The prophet who teaches lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and those who are led by them are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness burns as the fire, it shall devour the briars and the thorns and kindle in the thickets of the forest. They shall sm- mount up like rising smoke. Through the wrath of Yahweh of hosts, the land is burned up. And the people shall be as fuel for the fire. No man shall spare his brother, and he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry. He shall devour on the left, left hand and not be satisfied. Every man shall eat the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh shall devour Ephraim, and Ephraim, Manasseh. Together they shall be against Judah. For all this, his his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Woe to those who decree unrighteous decrees, who write misfortune which they have prescribed to rob the needy of justice, and to take what is right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. What will you do in the day of punishment, in the desolation which will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help, and where will you leave your glory? Without me, they shall bow down among the prisoners, and they shall fall among the slain. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, and the staff in his hand is my indignation, I will send him against an ungodly nation and against the people of my wrath. I will give him charge to seize the spoil, to take the prey, and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Yet he does not mean so, nor does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off not a few nations. For he says, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not Kalna like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arphad? Is not Samaria like Damascus? As my hand has found the kingdoms of the idols whose carved images excelled those of Judea and Samaria, and as I have done to Samaria and her idols, shall I not do also to Jerusalem and her idols? Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Lord has performed all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, that he will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his haughty looks. For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent. 
Also I have removed the boundaries of the people and have robbed their treasuries. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. My hand has found like a nest the riches of the people. And as one gathers eggs that are left, I have gathered all the earth. There was none who moved his wing nor opened his mouth with even a peep. Shall the axe boast itself against him who chops with it? Or shall the saw exalt itself against him who saws with it? As if a rod could wield itself against those who lift it up, or as if a staff could lift up, as if it were not wood. Therefore the Lord, Yahweh of hosts, will send leanness among his fat ones, and under his glory he will kindle a burning like the burning of a fire. So the light of Israel will be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame. It will burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. And it will consume the glory of his forest and of his fruitful field, both soul and body. And they will be as when a sick man wastes away. And the rest of the trees of his forest will be so few in number that a child may write them. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. The section, actually the section as a whole, is from chapter 7 through chapter 16. But we had the judgment against Judah uh, in uh, chapter 7, verse 1, through chapter 9, verse 7. And then we had the um, the judgment against Israel in chapter 9, verse 8, through chapter 11, verse 16. And at the end of each of those sections, in that opening portion of chapter 9 in the Judah section, which concludes the Judah section, there's a prophecy of the king, the forever king, who is Yahweh. There's a prophecy of King Jesus. Uh, and then at the end of the Israel section, from 9.8 to 11.16, there's a prophecy of the forever king. And one of the things that happens in the Israel section is that the prophecy of the forever king is also for them, the northern kingdom that has been cut off from the line of David now for many generations. It's also a prophecy about how he would bring Israel and Judah back together, that they would be restored uh, as they're brought under the son of David. Uh, and so we are going to actually save uh, from where we left off in chapter 10, verse 19. We're going to save from 10, verse 20 uh, to the end of chapter 11 uh, for next week, because it's talking about uh, Israel coming to Zion. Uh, and uh, so we'll deal with the reunion of the uh, of the tribes and uh, the messianic prophecy will take that by itself so that leaves us with from 9 verse 8 to chapter 10 verse 19 uh, and the lord uh, first pronouncing a judgment against israel and then pronouncing judgment against the one through whom he brings the judgment against israel because Assyria is being used to judge Israel, but Assyria themselves are wicked and arrogant. And so the Lord is going to devastate and humiliate them, not only for their wickedness and arrogance uh, in themselves, but because their wickedness and arrogance is against the Lord. Uh, and we'll see that in two different ways. Uh, so first, the judgment against the northern kingdom itself. You probably noticed as we were going through this refrain, uh, in verse 12 of chapter 9, for all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. In verse 17, for all this his anger is not turned away, but his anger, but his hand is stretched out still. 
verse 21, for all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. And then chapter 10 and verse 4, for all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Uh, the Lord brought many judgments uh, upon the northern kingdom, and rather than repent, uh, they resorted to their own devices, both externally and internally. So they, they uh, resort to their own devices externally, and they're really impressed with their plans. The Lord has brought them some military ruin, some economic economic ruin, but in their response, you can see in verse 10 is, the bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Uh, their, um, their motto is, make Ephraim great again uh, and build back better uh, about their pride uh, in themselves. And so their plan uh, is actually uh, to get in league with the Syrians and with the Philistines uh, and with this coalition, they can defeat Assyria, and then, then they can worry about uh, Syria and Philistia. Uh, but where they see themselves forming an alliance, verse 12, the prophet sees them being devoured. You don't form an alliance with Syrians and Philistines. Uh, Philistines. Uh, in fact, um, that common knowledge runs down through history even to this day. Uh, that you don't fo- form alliances uh, with uh, such nations, uh, you know, like forming alliance with the Soviets or the Chinese or uh, really any of the wicked nations, which currently is all of the nations. There are others who would uh, probably rightly say that uh, about America uh, today, uh, which only serves their own interests. So uh, where where the northern kingdom sees themselves forming an alliance in verse 12, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, Isaiah is saying they're going to devour Israel with an open mouth. Also, their civil and religious leaders who are uh, in it for themselves and trying to manipulate others, all they do is, A, vertically they provoke God all the more, and B, they set an example for how the rest of the people will be. Uh, so whether it's the young men who are aspiring to these uh, positions of rule in state and church, or even the fatherless and the widow, all of them become two-faced hypocrites. All of them become evildoers. By having those who are powerful be uh, ruthless and proud in themselves, uh, they make the entire nation offensive to God from top to bottom. The, the whole of them. And so God's wrath continues to burn against them. Uh, and this uh, language then of burning uh, characterizes the section that starts in verse 18 uh, with the burning of the wickedness uh, and God's wrath is going to burn up the land where wickedness is spreading like a wildfire. Uh, and not only uh, will they not be able uh, to uh, get relief by their wickedness as they turn on one another, uh, but even when the only thing they have left is their own self to consume, uh, they won't be able to get relief. And so you have the um, uh, snatching on the right hand, devouring on the left hand. They still don't have help. So what does he say in verse 20? Every man shall eat the flesh of his own arm, and he's going to turn all of the people of God. 
upon uh, upon one another. He's going to give them over to their wickedness so that they become one another's instruments of destruction. Uh, all of this, why? Because rather than trust in the Lord, they trusted in themselves. And so he's going to say, to whom will you flee for help? You're, you, know, you flee to yourself, you flee to Syria, you flee to Philistia, you flee to uh, the the up and coming cutthroat young men, uh, you've you turned to all of these, and they all continue to devour you because you should have repented before me. Uh, and when the Lord is their enemy, and they have nowhere else to turn, uh, where then will they be able to go? Uh, so they didn't trust in the Lord. They didn't uh, obey or serve the Lord. Those who were put in uh, positions of authority rather than uh, ruling and judging according to the Lord's law. They decreed unrighteous uh, decrees rather than being used by God to give justice to all, rich and poor alike. They robbed the poor and the needy uh, of his justice and they preyed upon widows and robbed the fatherless, etc. So they didn't trust in the Lord. They didn't consider their lives as an assignment to serve the Lord. They didn't rule and live according to the law of the Lord. Uh, and this is why uh, God's wrath uh, continues uh, and doesn't turn away from them because they did not turn back to him. And then there's Assyria. Uh, and we mentioned that there's uh, two ways that Assyria uh, sets his pride against God. Uh, one is uh, one that Assyria should have known, but he is, of course, suppressing the truth and unrighteousness like all uh, unbelievers do. He's an axe, a saw, a rod, and a staff, and he's acting um, as if he has uh, within himself to do um, all the things that he is proud of having done. Uh, but this actually goes from being implicit. Whenever we're proud, our pride is against God, because we're before his face. We don't have anything that we didn't receive. And if you received everything good as a gift from God, then why would you be proud instead of grateful? But then it goes from being implicit to actually being explicit when he lumps the Yahweh of hosts, the God of Jerusalem, in with all the rest of the cities and their idols uh, that he's destroyed. Uh, and not only now is he failing to recognize that he's just a man, he's just a creature. He's just breathing dirt, no more powerful in and of himself than a piece of wood. And he's not just failing to recognize that. Now uh, he is uh, declaring himself boasting in his pride, even against the God of Jerusalem. Uh, and we will see how that turns out for him in chapters 36 and 37, when you get the actual speeches of the Rebshaker uh, on behalf of the king of Assyria. And when he attacks the God of Israel and says, don't let Hezekiah make you hope in Yahweh. Well, he will receive uh, as his pride deserves. Uh, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so, my dear children, uh, when we find ourselves afflicted, let us turn to the Lord. Let us use the opportunities that we have to examine ourselves and find those things uh, of which we most need to repent. Let us be careful against pride. Uh, let each of us in the place that we have in the home and in the church and community 
Let's take it as an assignment from the Lord to be done according to his word and not to advance ourselves uh, or our own agenda. Uh, and let us, uh, let us remember not only to trust in the Lord and to turn to him in repentance, but also to give him uh, all of the honor, uh, to give him all of the credit for any good that comes out of us, uh, lest we provoke him to wrath. Uh, like Israel did, or like Assyria did. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this portion of your word. We thank you most of all that Christ is uh, the king who has acted perfectly towards you, and that you have given him to be ours, and that you have given us to be his. Grant that by your spirit we would trust in him, turn to him, repent of our sins, serve him, and give him all the credit, all the glory. And do all the same with you, our God, whom we know in your Son, our Lord Jesus, and through whom we ask this. Amen.